Studying the Jesus way to pray feels like we are skipping across glorious mountain peaks in stunning Colorado. After we ascend the glory of God by hallowing his name, we skip from give us to forgive us. Then we skip two more times, from forgive us to lead us, and from lead us to deliver us. Jesus says, pray then like this, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The words temptation and evil point to a dark shadow that looms across the entire mountain range of our Christian experience. Prayer is how we engage in spiritual warfare. We must pray for divine protection because we live in a sinful, fallen world. The evil one and his demonic army lurk all around us. I'm Ron Jones, and this is something good. Whether you know it or not, you're at war. You're fighting an unseen enemy, and the battlefield is your mind and heart. Hello and welcome to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. I'm Brian Davis, always glad to have you with us. Well, Jesus knew we'd face a spiritual battle for as long as we lived. It's one reason he taught us to ask our Father in heaven to lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Ron breaks down this prayer for protection next as he continues his series, The Jesus Way to Pray. Stop by somethinggoodradio.org anytime to listen to the broadcast on demand on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcasts, at Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now here's Ron with today's Something Good Radio message, The Jesus Way to Pray for Protection. Well, we've been studying through the Lord's Prayer, and if you've been with us uh, throughout the series, by now it should be well, relatively easy for us to recite the Lord's Prayer together. We're not going to do that right now, but at the end of the message, we'll have an opportunity to do that. You, you would think for pastors, this, this would be easy to do, you know, to recite the Lord's Prayer. As easy as a layup in basketball, right? <laughs> but I remember a time in my ministry, early on in my ministry, where I missed the layup. I had the congregation stand. This was a different church that I was serving, and I wanted to lead the congregation in a recitation of the Lord's Prayer. And I don't know what happened. My brain got all frozen up. I stumbled all over my words. I, I couldn't remember any of it. So we started again. And I, I stumbled all over my words again. I, I just, I missed the layup. So, you know, if you're having a hard time putting all the words together, uh, Understand it happens even to your pastor from time to time. It does remind me of a story about a four-year-old boy who got confused about reciting the Lord's Prayer. He couldn't say the word trespasses. And so he said, and forgive us our trash baskets as we forgive those who put trash in our baskets. And I thought this little boy gets it, doesn't he? You understand sometimes people put trash in our baskets. I read about a mother who had been teaching her uh, three-year-old daughter the Jesus way to pray. Every night before they went to bed, they recited the Lord's Prayer together. She was thrilled one evening when her daughter turned to her and said, Mommy, can I say it? Just, just me alone. And her mother said, well, of course you can. And she listened, oh, just with, you know, good pride in her heart as her daughter recited the Lord's Prayer 
word by word, verse by verse, she came to the end and said, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us some email. <laughs> you know, you got, you got to appreciate what comes out of the mouths of babes once in a while. Despite our, our difficulty, maybe, in recalling the exact words of the Lord's Prayer, I have felt that, uh, and I've alluded to this, that studying the Lord's Prayer word by word and phrase by phrase is sort of like skipping mountain peaks in glorious Colorado. We, we begin by ascending the glory of God by hallowing His name. We talk about His kingdom coming, His will being done. And then, uh, with, without uh, uh, slowing down, and rather seamlessly, we, we, we skip from those mountain peaks to one that says, give us. And then quickly to another mountain peak, forgive us. And then, now this week, two more skips from forgive us to lead us, and then quickly to deliver us. Jesus taught us to pray this way in verse 13, and lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. Not from email. <laughs> this part of the prayer has nothing to do with email. Rather, the words temptation and evil point to a dark shadow that looms across the entire mountain range of our Christian experience. Prayer, write this down, prayer is how we engage in spiritual warfare. And here Jesus highlights the importance of praying not just for um, our, our provisions and for pardon, but for protection. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. You know, we live in a, a sinful fallen world where the evil one and his uh, demonic army lurk all around us. And I appreciate the fact that Jesus was not afraid to acknowledge the presence of evil. He is the one who said, pray this way, deliver us from evil. Some translations appropriately say, deliver us from the evil one. Uh, the devil has a, a large army. The Bible says elsewhere, one-third of the angelic hosts went with him in the rebellion. They are not uh, uh, all-powerful. They are not uh, uh, present everywhere at all times, omnipresent. They don't know all things. But hell is highly organized, as we'll learn about in a moment. But Jesus, Jesus highlighted the presence of evil in our world and the evil solicitations to, uh, uh, to follow the devil. We call it temptation. He wasn't afraid to highlight that. And neither was President George W. Bush almost 20 years ago. After the terrorists attacked our nation on September 11, 2001, not long after that, our uh, 43rd president described some countries, some countries as an axis of evil. Do you remember that? He was talking about those countries in the Middle East who sponsored terrorism and created weapons of mass destruction. And the president got vilified for using the word evil. Like it was some um, backlash to a medieval period of time. How dare you use a, a medieval word like evil? But today there just aren't too many people on either side of the aisle who would not characterize 
acts of terrorism and the perpetrators who do them, both then and now, as anything less than evil. But there's something even behind uh, what we read about in the news. And this takes us to Paul's letter to the Ephesians. The Apostle Paul reveals the spiritual conflict that is happening all around us. He says in Ephesians 6 and verse 12, listen to this, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. What Paul is describing here is the invisible war. The unseen conflict all around us, behind every headline, behind every uh, uh, person that is associated with terrorism or any act of evil, look beyond that to what the naked eye cannot see. And the Bible describes this conflict. You don't wrestle against, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. But he goes on to describe, here's where I say hell is organized into rulers and authorities and cosmic powers over this present darkness. Feel the dark shadow of evil casting over your Christian experience and my Christian experience because we live in a fallen world. We are living behind enemy lines, friends. And the sooner we, we, we pull back the veil and see what's happening in the, the heavenly realms those unseen spiritual realms, the sooner we'll understand what Jesus meant when he said, pray this way, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Paul in Ephesians 6 encourages us to put on the full armor of God. I preached an entire series of messages about that, and you can look that up on our website. But uh, after that, after he talks about the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God and all of that. After he dresses us for spiritual battle, then he talks about prayer and the role that prayer plays in fighting the spiritual forces of evil. He says in Ephesians 6 and verse 18, praying at all times in the spirit. As you dress yourself for spiritual battle, pray at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me. Paul's now going to request prayer for himself, that words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. I always thought it was interesting that the Apostle Paul, uh, arguably one of the boldest missionaries and uh, gospel preachers found anywhere in the scriptures asked the Ephesian believers, would you pray for me that God would give me boldness in my ministry? Paul encourages all of us to pray at the opportune time, to pray in agreement with the Spirit, to pray with our eyes wide open and alert to the spiritual conflict happening all around us, and to pray without giving up, to persist in prayer. To never, 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 never give up. And may we become a church that is a house of prayer. Front lines of the spiritual conflict. And engaging in the spiritual forces of wickedness in our world today through prayer. Oh, you can be involved in political activism until you're blue in the face. And it will never accomplish what prayer can accomplish. 
in the spiritual realm. Still ahead, the second half of today's message with Dr. Ron Jones, Need Prayer Today. Visit somethinggoodradio.org to share your request, and our ministry team will be happy to join you in prayer. Use the Explore feature at the top of the homepage and then tell us how we can pray for you. While you're there, visit our digital library, where you'll find more than 500 hours of video and audio teaching from Dr. Ron Jones. Search the streaming library by scripture or topic. Again, that web address is somethinggoodradio.org. Have you ever waited a week or a month for God to answer a prayer? There could be several reasons for his delay, but one of them might surprise you. Here's Ron with the rest of today's Something Good Radio message. The Jesus Way to Pray for Protection. The book of Daniel also provides a glimpse inside the world of spiritual warfare and prayer. Go with me in your uh, Bible to Daniel chapter 9 and you will find Daniel praying and fasting. Hey, why do we have seasons of prayer and fasting around here? And we just had a day of prayer and fasting. Was it last week or the week before? We've got another one that we've scheduled coming up uh, during the uh, uh, Easter season. Why, why do we do that? Well, here's a good example. Daniel was praying and fasting in Daniel chapter 9 for 21 days. And during that time, the angel Gabriel appeared to him and revealed a prophetic vision about uh, the end of the age that went from the time of Daniel all the way through our time and all the way to the latter days. Chapter 10 explains why it took 21 days for the answer to prayer to come. And uh, it describes describes it this way, Daniel chapter 10 and verse 12. Fear not, Daniel, the heavenly messenger said, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before your God, your words have been heard, and I have come because of your words. Now listen to this. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me for 21 days. But Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I was left there with the kings of Persia and came to make you understand what is to happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision is yet for the days to come. What the heavenly messenger was describing here was what was happening in the heavenly realms. Daniel prayed. The prayer was registered in heaven. But as, as the answer was sent, Gabriel got interrupted and intercepted in the heavenly realms. First by the prince of the kingdom of Persia. I remember I said earlier that the devil is highly organized into um, rulers and authorities and the cosmic forces in this world. He can't be everywhere at all times. But he has uh, commanders and lieutenant commanders and others that he puts in place in strategic places. In this case, during Daniel's time, there was somebody in the heavenly realms near Persia, which became one of the uh, world-dominating nations in Daniel's time. And he withstood me for 21 days. All I've had to say is that prayer is the way we affect change in the heavenly realms, the heavenly realms being the place where unseen spiritual forces are at work for and against the plan and the purposes of God. And Daniel's 21-day delay is also the reason we must persist in prayer. Never give up. Never, 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 Churchill said, 
you know, during World War II. Never give up. Continue on the offense and you'll defeat your enemies. And in some mysterious way, friends, the Lord of hosts, which is the Lord's title that he gives himself. He is, he is the commander in chief of the heavenly armies. The Lord of hosts uses our prayers to dispatch his armies and to fight spiritual battles. This is reason enough for us to step up our prayer life and to make sure we don't wander into any aspect of our lives and this fallen world in which we live apart from prayer. And certainly, I believe Jesus had this and a whole lot more in mind when he taught us to pray and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, this part of the Lord's Prayer also reminds us that temptation is the common experience of all humanity. Uh, the Apostle Paul in his letter to the Corinthians Chapter 10 and verse 13 says as much. He says, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. It's a common experience. You're not experiencing some temptation that somebody else hasn't already experienced or perhaps is presently experiencing. You can't put yourself in a category and say, well, I'm just, I'm just tempted more than anybody else. No, it's the common experience of all, all people. Kind of reminds me of a, a minister uh, who I heard about. He parked his car in a, in a no parking zone. He was late for an appointment downtown. And you know, he went looking for a parking space with a little meter. He could put some coins in, but he couldn't find one. So he parked in a no parking space and put a little note under the windshield there that says, um, I have circled the block. Ten times, if I don't park here, I'll miss my appointment. Please forgive us our trespasses. Well, an hour later, he came back, and uh, he'd finished his appointment, and he noticed a little <laughs> citation underneath the uh, windshield wiper there, and it was put there by a, a policeman who wrote, I've circled this block for ten years. If I don't give you a ticket, I'll lose my job. Please lead us not into temptation. So... <laughs> I was tempted to use this one time, but I, I decided not to. Yeah. Perhaps you can identify with Frank in the uh, famous Frank and Ernest cartoon. One day Frank and Ernest were talking to a priest when Frank blurted out, how come opportunity knocks only once, but temptation beats at my door every day? Oh, that's a good question, isn't it? And I appreciate Frank's honesty there. Oscar Wilde said, I can resist everything. I can resist everything but temptation. <laughs> oh, come on. That's, that's kind of funny, isn't it? A bumper sticker reads, lead me not into temptation. I can find it on my own. And that is true, isn't it? It's the common experience of everyone. There's not a day that goes by that the solicitation to do something that the Bible would call evil uh, that uh, is, is a trespass upon God's law and his word that uh, adds to the pile of sin debt that we piled up before holy God. There's not a day that comes by where that solicitation uh, does not come our way. But why did Jesus teach us to pray this way? Does God, listen to me, does God lead us into temptation? He said, pray this way. 
Lead us not into temptation. Why would a holy God lead us into temptation? Well, James chapter 1 and verse 13 uh, is important to kind of fold into our discussion here. James, the half-brother of Jesus, says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. So here we have Jesus who teaches us to pray, and lead us not into temptation. We're praying this to our Heavenly Father. Lead us not into temptation. James says, God does not tempt anyone to do evil. Are James and Jesus in disagreement? Interesting question. It kind of reminds me of the question people have posed throughout church history. Are, are James and Paul in disagreement? Because James says in chapter 2, you know, faith without works is dead. And Paul says, for by grace you are saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. What we've learned over the years is that Paul and James are not in contradiction. They complement one another. They're talking about two, same, two sides of the same salvation coin. James just happens to be from the state of Missouri. He's a show me guy. Show me the evidence of your faith by your works is the idea. That doesn't contradict Paul. It complements Paul. Whenever you face temptation, it's coming from Satan, not God. Be encouraged today by this passage from 1 Corinthians chapter 10. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with temptation, he will always provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. You are listening to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones. Today's message is part of Ron's series, The Jesus Way to Pray. Look for it under the library tab at somethinggoodradio.org. Well, we have a great new resource to share with you today, a full-length book from Dr. Ron Jones that goes hand-in-hand with the series that you're hearing now. And it's called The Jesus Way to Pray. And Ron joins me now to talk about it. Ron, so excited about the release of your new book, The Jesus Way to Pray, An Intimate Journey Through the Lord's Prayer. What inspired you to write this book? Thanks for the question, Brian. You know, I think all of us, no matter how long we've been following Jesus, can use some help with our prayer life. I know I can. And I'm supposed to be a professional at this, right? I can totally understand why the disciples approached Jesus and uh, asked him to teach them how to pray. Fortunately, the model prayer Jesus gave his disciples is recorded for us in the pages of Scripture and preserved for nearly 2,000 years. It's known worldwide as the Lord's Prayer. I call it the Jesus way to pray. Ron, you say in the introduction to the book, nobody is in a better position to teach us how to pray than Jesus. What do you mean by that? Well, Brian, to say, Lord, teach us to pray, as Jesus' disciples did, is kind of like asking Michael Jordan or LeBron James to teach us how to play the game of basketball, or Leonardo da Vinci to teach us how to paint a masterpiece like The Last Supper or The Mona Lisa, or Michelangelo to teach us how to sculpt a marble stone into David or the Pieta. Uh, Truly nobody is in a better position to teach us how to pray than Jesus. I appreciate your thoughts as always, Pastor, and thanks for sharing this important resource with us. Again, that book is called The Jesus Way to Pray, An Intimate Journey Through the Lord's Prayer. Order your copy for a donation of $25 or more. Share it with a friend by requesting a two-pack for $50 or a four-pack for $100. Give online at somethinggoodradio.org 
or over the phone, just call our offices at 757-276-1099 or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia 23456. Temptation first begins with desire. Desire. Much of the broken world that we're in is the result of desire gone out of control. Temptation is an opportunity by definition, in one sense, to fulfill a legitimate desire in an illegitimate way. Or to say it another way, to do something right, but in a wrong way. Okay? That's, that's the solicitation. And the devil will always play upon our desires. That's tomorrow when Dr. Ron Jones talks about the four stages of temptation in part two of his message, The Jesus Way to Pray for Protection. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and all of us here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.